to down to down to. Yeah. Missed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be missed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocabulary? Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featuring on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? We got to scrap the show, Andrew. <laughs> we got to scrap the show we've been planning the last few days because Kawhi Leonard has been traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and the rest of the package we don't know about yet. And hopefully we can break it live on the show. That's my... That would be great. It's my dream. That would be really cool. Uh, but we don't know anybody else is in the trade. And... Apparently, what is the quote? It is, it's from Chris Haynes tweeted late last night. Kawhi Leonard has no desire to play in Toronto. Man. (laughs) Um, Kawhi's been very consistent. Yeah. He's going to be annoying (laughs) if he doesn't go to the Lakers. Uh. But yeah, did you see the quote from Zach Lowe? He basically said that if Kawhi like wanted to not report or sit out, that he would risk fines starting in the preseason for every mispractice and every game, unless he can could provide a legitimate medical reason. I'd be surprised if it got that far, but with Kawhi at this point, who knows? That would be so weird if he just didn't report. What does he do? doing to his reputation like it's already like pretty tarnished at this point but if he just doesn't just flat out doesn't report to the raptors who like a good team and with lebron out of the east they have a legitimate shot to win the east if he is the same guy he was before his injuries because he is the he's the best player in the eastern conference now and i don't see why they couldn't go to battle against the Celtics who are still young and developing and they're, they're going to have some chemistry stuff to work out this year, bringing Gordon Hayward in the mix. And then, you know, the Sixers, I, I don't know. I, it completely changed the face of this team. I mean, I think they're going to be a great defensive team and depending on if I assume OG Ananobi's in the trade. If he's not, then they could be one a top five defense and they could you know Kawhi is a great isolation score that's kind of what you need down the stretch of a game so uh, I think this Raptors team could be really good if he commits to even just play one year for them but it's if that's like the very first thing that comes out right it's, it's a little bit I mean if you're the Raptors or a Raptors fan you're kind of scared because as there's a ton of people that don't like DeRozan, but at least you know what you're getting with DeMar DeRozan. Right. Yeah. Hope maybe, maybe Kawhi really likes Drake, you know, yeah. maybe Drake <laughs> will be able to convince them that Toronto's really cool. He's a big starters fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually, I, I get it from Toronto's side, you know, even if Kawhi doesn't stay the, it, it feels like they were moving towards breaking up this core eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it was insignificant that they went with a more developmental coach in Nick nurse over someone like coach bud. And who, who knows what happened with the coach bud thing. I don't know if you listen to the low post with Brian Windhorse, but they seem to suggest that like weird stuff was going on with the Toronto coaching hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get off a, a lot of long-term money. Um, DeRozan still has basically a two plus one left at 27 million each year, which I love for San Antonio because at some point in this summer, I started getting legitimately worried, not that I really care, but that San Antonio wasn't going to get anything for Kawhi. Yeah. And so to bring back an all-star, which, you know, I get it that it's a huge downgrade from Kawhi to DeRozan, but 
we also know that DeRozan is probably going to be incredible in San Antonio. And if there is anything left in his ceiling, it's going to be extracted in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to just think about the Raptors side of it, but the Spurs are going to be really good again. And yeah, we, we can no longer say that they're going to be one of the teams in the West that might miss the playoffs. Yeah, because it, it, you thought, like, yeah, there's a chance that they just trade for young guys and they just right. rebuild. But instead, now they have the two best mid-range jump shooters in the NBA on their team, and they're going to love it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, did you see uh, Matt Moore said that DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge combined shot more mid-range shots than six teams did as a whole per game last year. Wow. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think, yeah, the Spurs were really pretty good even without Kawhi last year. What, they went like 47 games last right. year? I mean, they're a 50-win team again with DeMar yep, DeRozan. They, they did lose Joffrey, Andrew. <laughs> That's Don't true. forget that. That's true. Joffrey went back to Europe. Uh, they're going to be good. I it's it's kind of crazy. They're going to continue this this little streak on. I don't know how long it's going to last, but you know you have to say at least the next you know three or four years they're still going to be a solid team. And so the Spurs just aren't going away, and they probably just didn't want to just go rebuild because Pop is maybe playing or not playing coaching for maybe two more years. And so uh, I don't know if you would like to transition into the rebuild after he's done what that looks like for them, but they're going to be good for the foreseeable future. So that's, it complicates the Western conference a little bit. And it would have been hard for them to completely like go to a young team because they do have all of these older guys on, you know, not long-term deals, but longer-term deals with Gasol and Aldridge. And so, yeah, I think this makes sense, especially if you consider that Pop might only be coaching for another two to three years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, anything else on the Kawhi stuff? Well, if, if the rest of the deal comes out, we will talk about it on the show. But for now, don't know what the rest of it is. So I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go check out the press. It's in downtown Oklahoma City in the Plaza District. It's an amazing restaurant. I've had many people tweet at us saying how good it is. You've got to go check it out, too. If you live in Oklahoma City or in the surrounding areas, it's one of the best restaurants in the city easily. Go eat there. They've got just some great comfort food. If you love mac and cheese, it's the place to go. If you're looking for a veggie burger... That will satisfy you. This is the place. And if you're just even willing to try a veggie burger, it's amazing. It's so good. You can get it with the mac and cheese and get it with fries. It's just amazing. Their salads are fresh. Really, all their food is very fresh and very good. So you've got to go eat at the press. It's got just a great ambiance to it. It's got a great bar, got a great beer and cocktail selection. It's a great place to go with a group of friends. It's a great place to take a date. You've got to go check out the press today and support the people that support Down to Dunk. We are going to do an all-time Thunder draft between Alex and I. Give us give us all the rules for our draft. Okay, so this is an all-time Thunder draft, but there are many rules that me and Andrew will be following. Um, we are going to be selecting teams, but it's important to know that we are we are drafting players with the intent of building a team that fits together and will play the other team in a seven game series. Okay. Okay. The most important point, however, is that we are drafting players based on their peak season with the thunder. So that means for example, James Harden, if whoever drafts him, they're not getting MVP James Harden. They are getting 2012 James Harden. They are getting cool and maybe even prefers coming off the bench James Harden. (laughs) So that changes how you value them. It doesn't mean that, you know, obviously 2012 James Harden was still really good, but one of these teams that we're going to draft is going to have two of the three MVPs. And it might be, you might think, Oh, that team's obviously going to win, but please remember it's 2012 James Harden. Uh, Also with Carmelo Anthony, 
That means that you're getting not Nuggets Carmelo, not Knicks Carmelo. You're getting 2018 Carmelo, which means <laughs> if you draft him, you know that he won't want to come off the bench for your team. So you have to you have to factor that in. So you also have to factor in, you know, their personalities. Um, now, this means that when either me or Andrew select a player, we have to choose which year of that player we're selecting. So for some players like KD, it might be obvious. You might say, oh, I'm get, taking 2014 MVP KD. But for others like uh, Abaka or Robertson, you may have to choose a year because it was it was kind of up in the air as we were going through. So we're going to draft a 10 man roster. It's going to be a snake draft format. So someone will get first pick. Next person will get second, third pick, then fourth and fifth, so on. And then we'll do we'll name our starting lineup at the end. I didn't tell you this, but in honor of Billy Donovan, we'll also name our all bench lineup at the end because <laughs> we'll have a 10 man roster and then we will select one player for a two way contract. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay. So for each player selected, I'm going to tell you about their best game that season. Oh, to, wow. To, yeah. To kind of remind you of what they were like in that season. And it's going to be based by uh, the basketball reference stat game score you familiar with game score yeah so game score was created by john hollinger to give a rough measure of a player's performance in a single game so as an example a game score of 10 indicates an average game 40 is a great game 64.6 is the highest ever which was achieved by mj in 1990 when he scored 69 points andrew (laughs) so nice on 62 percent shooting 18 wow. rebounds, six assists, four steals, one block, and 21 of 23 from the line. So that was that was in their mind, based on this stat, the best game ever played. Um, which you can quibble with the stat, but the point is that these will be like the best games from these players during that year. So we have to decide who goes first, Andrew. We do. And I have a way to decide that. Okay. So I need you to first tell me a number between 1 and 60. 41. 41. And now I need you to tell me a number between 1 and 15. 9. 9. Last one, a number also between 1 and 15. 11. All right. So what you just selected was a point total, an assist total, and a rebound total. I've plugged them into basketball reference, and I've made it equal that. I'm on the game finder. So we're both going to guess. I haven't clicked it yet. I promise. I'm being very honest. (laughs) We both have to guess the number of times in NBA history a player has scored exactly 41, 9, and 11. Oh, that's actually And whoever is closest will go first. Yeah, whoever's closest will go first. Okay. And what is your guess? 17. I will go with 8. Okay. Pressing get results. And the answer is 0. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it exact though? Did you make it yeah, exact? Yeah, it, it was exact. Oh. Oh, did you not understand that? No. Oh, do you want to do it again? Would that be more fair? No, you can go first. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> see, I was trying to decide how, what the range should be. I should have done like one to 10. That would have created more. Uh, yeah, that's no, okay. It's okay. No, you go first. You go first. Okay. So with the first pick in the all time thunder draft, I will be selecting. 2014 MVP Kevin Durant. Boo. Man, you Kevin really- Durant. Kevin Durant is a small forward. Uh, <laughs> his best game that year was March 21st, 2014, a win at home against who do you think, Andrew? Golden State. He scored 54 points. That was his highest point total that season. 68% shooting, 11 and 13 from the line, five threes. Obviously, uh, Durant was amazing that season. It happened to be the highest assist total that he ever averaged in his entire career. I think he averaged like five and a half assists that year. Um, So just to 
a, a clear tier one, number one for me. Obviously, I could have pandered to the fans and selected Westbrook, uh, but I'm, I'm building this team to beat you, and I decided to go with Kevin Durant. It's the right pick. I, I might have chosen 2016 Durant because he was a much better defender. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Well, uh, I might I might have to think about that with my future selections. Now that I have to make up some defense, <laughs> uh, I'm taking Russell. I'll take 2017 MVP Russell Westbrook. Now, at any point, did you consider taking 2016 Westbrook? Uh, no, because he shot almost 35 percent from three. His MVP year. He was out of this world. He had just had such a great year. And he was good. Those He was good. Obviously, he's been good in other years, but he was in a different stratosphere, I felt like, in 2017. Um, okay, so Westbrook's best game that year, which you can probably guess off the top of your head. Can you think of what Westbrook's best game was? Like the Denver game is what I think of. That is correct. Yeah. The win at Denver, he had 50 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, 53% shooting, 11 of 11 from the line. This actually ranks as the 72nd greatest game ever played by this game score metric. Wow. And uh, I was looking at the top 100, the top 100 games of all time. Westbrook has two games in the top 100. KD has zero. In your face, <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there you go okay, okay so, so you get you get the third pick okay i'll take paul george okay very interesting selection and which which paul george would you like <laughs> <laughs> uh can i take 2013 paul george no i'll take i mean obviously just last year 18 paul george right so let me ask you was that an obvious one for you or did you consider anyone else I think it's pretty obvious to me. I mean, Harden was good with the Thunder, but and he he had inconsistent games. Just I mean, Paul George did too. But when we're talking about building a team to defend Kevin Durant, I think that you have to have a guy that can do it. And I think Paul George is probably the closest to that just because he's a lot bigger than Tabo or Andre are. So... Uh, and I'm trying to build a good defense. So I think that you can, I honestly still think that Paul George is probably the third best Thunder player in their history, in their 10 year history period. So that's, that's kind of where I would land on it just because James Harden wasn't this guy. And if he was, if he was even 80% of what he was, it would be a pretty simple choice for me. Uh, But also if you're playing a game, do you really want Westbrook and Harden on the same team just because like who handles the ball and who plays off ball. Like neither of them play off ball very well. And so it's kind of a, a weird selection, but Paul George had an up and down season, but overall I still think that he's the third best player in Thunder history. So his best game was February 1st. It was a loss at Denver. He went 43, five and five shot 73% from the field. Only had five threes in that game, which seems pretty wild that he he took 26 shots, made 19 of them, had no free throws. I was going to say that was the no free throw game. I remember that. And only had five threes. So he was taking a bunch of twos, Mm -hmm. I suppose. I don't remember that game. Um, Okay, so now I have the next two picks. So I'm going to go with James Harden, 2012 Mm -hmm. James Harden for my first pick. Um, I'm doing this because I know you have Westbrook, so I'm going to need a ball handler, an elite ball handler. Yeah. And so I'm taking 2012 James Harden, which if you don't remember what he did that year, he was like 16.8 points per game, four rebounds, close to four assists on 49% shooting, 39% from three and 85% from the line. So he, he was he was good that year. But like you said, he was inconsistent. Um, he also came off the bench all that year and was by from many reports was completely happy with it and may have preferred it. Um, so, so I may have to talk him into this uh, just starting. Um, but his best game that year, which I didn't realize he had games this good back then. But April 18th, 2012, a win at Phoenix. He had scored 40 points on 17 shots, Wow! which is just like classic 
James Harden in Houston. 11-11 from the line, seven rebounds, three assists, four steals. So I'm taking 2012 James Harden. Now the next one. Oh, live on the pod. Live on the what pod. What is it? The Spurs have agreed to trade Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a protected 2019 first round pick. Wow. So they don't give up any of their young players. Just Jakob. Oh, yeah. Jakob. Yeah. <laughs> and they get Danny um, Green. Yeah, because I think it was Michael Lee or someone was saying how they how the Spurs kind of had a log jam as shooting guard at this point. Yeah. And that they were wondering if Danny Green might be on the move. So, wow, that's a really great deal for Toronto. They get to keep OG Ananobi. That defense yeah. is going to be insane with Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi. That's yeah. And they have a ton. They have a lot more shooting now in that yeah. starting lineup. Oh, they're, that's a great team. They, they could win the East. They could. Okay, back to the back to the, uh, the back to the the James Harden draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my next pick. I felt like this was the hardest decision yeah. in the draft. Mm-hmm. Do you go with Stephen Adams or Serge Ibaka? And I don't. I don't know which one you want. Um. I, I I really think you could make a case for either one. Um, obviously, Abaka probably had like the higher peak in terms of defense. Yeah. Um, but Adams is just so steady. And when you have two guys like Kevin Durant and James Harden, it'd be just really nice to have someone who doesn't need the ball at all. Not that Serge Abaka does, but he did want it later in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going with 2018 Steven Adams. Wow. Over Serge Ibaka. Wow. 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 Uh, his best game was last February 13th. <laughs> it was just like a, a loss to Cleveland, 22 points, 17 rebounds. That was like his flashiest game. But yeah, I'm going with Steven Adams. He can run the pick and roll with James Harden. That, that probably would have been cool to see. Yeah. And uh and now you get your selection of the other important big man. Okay. I'm trying to look at Okay. I will take 2014 Serge Ibaka who shot 53% from the field, 38% from 3, 78% from the line, 15 points, 8.8 rebounds, a steal, 2.7 blocks, 57% true shooting. Uh, he took more threes that season than he ever had, and he shot them well. And so, and he can also help anchor a defense. So, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's easy to forget how good Serge Ibaka's peak was. It was like a three-year run from like 2013 to 2015. Yep. As he was like slowly ramping up how many threes he was taking. His best game that year was a loss at Houston, 27 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, six blocks, two threes. Like there were there were moments where he was just dominant during those years. And it's easy to forget now because now you look at him on Toronto and he's just like a shell of what he used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he was incredible. Yeah, he was. He was so good. And as he kind of aged and the NBA kind of changed a little bit. His limitations became, you could see them more. And that was that he could not handle the ball and he's not a high level thinker of a basketball player. And so he's not going to make the extra pass. He's a play finisher. And that's why he's perfect with Russell Westbrook, Um, specifically 2017, what Russell Westbrook, where he's just catching and shooting. Because Russell is just going to set up guys for wide open shots, and that's what that's what he did all season. So now, uh, who is your next pick? This is tough. This is tough. I have two guys on this next tier. I don't know if you do. I I, I bet you have someone else though. So who are you yeah. going to take? Uh, ugh. I'm going to take. 2017 Victor Oladipo. Whoa, really? Yeah. Okay. So I was really considering Tabo there. Right. 
Uh, I was really considering even Kevin Martin yeah. at that spot. I was considering Reggie Jackson at that spot. Those are probably all the guys that I'd consider, but I still need a shooting guard. And he was a good defender for Oklahoma City. And he shot he shot 36% from three. And he could attack a closeout. And he's going to be able to move the ball. I think with Abaka on my team, I don't it's I think it's harder to have a, a good team that has Cephalosha and Abaka, both guys that are gonna be just play finishers. Whenever I know Russell Westbrook is giving them wide open shots, but it's also nice to have a little bit more versatility in your game. And so Oladipo was good for the Thunder that season. The playoffs were a disaster. Uh, but I, he did play well for the Thunder. And I think that he's probably the most versatile player that can shoot threes and defend left on the board. Okay. So I get the next two picks. Uh, my first selection will be Tabo. And I'm going to take 2013 Tabo Cephalosha. And uh, we were talking about this when we were texting, but it's wild because we were basing their best years on like stats like VORP and win shares and PER. And it's wild how many of these guys had their best seasons in 2013. So that was like the post Harden that first year. Yep. It's just a reminder of how good that team was and that it's going to, that team will probably get forgotten to time outside of the thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it uh, it reignited my dislike for Patrick Beverly going through this because <laughs> no. I had kind of grown soft on Patrick Beverly, and then I was going through this uh, exercise, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I still hate that guy. <laughs> um, he really did ruin what should have been the best version of that Thunder team, just because you like I know that Russell and KD probably weren't their quote unquote best but it was probably the best role players that they'd ever had around them. Right. Just because Tabo Tab- um, was really good that year. And he Nick, was. Nick Collison was really, really good. Kevin Martin was very, very good for them and played a role that they needed. And then when Russell got hurt, they, you know, they tried Reggie. It just didn't work. It just flat out didn't work when they played in Memphis. So it was, I mean, that was a obviously a highly disappointing season. They played that Rockets team in the first round and they ended up beating them without Russell. But, uh, and that also kind of shows you how far away James Harden was from becoming the guy he is today. Because if it was, if he was that good, I, I don't know the Thunder win that series just because they were chemistry wise just completely <clears throat> in shambles. So, right. Um, um, who's your, who's your fifth pick, your fifth guy? Well, I, I was, I forgot to mention Oladipo's best game was against Houston. He went 29, 10 and five with five threes. And then Cephalosha's <clears throat> best game was a loss at Houston where he had 28, five, three and two blocks with wow. six threes. Whoa. Yeah. That was the season when that was definitely peak Tabo. Like no other season came close to that. He 28 shot 48 points. Yeah. That didn't seem real. Tabo was good. He shot 42% from three that year. Right. Yeah. Um, now you look at his like regular box score, he's scoring like seven points a game, four rebounds, but right. I don't really need that because I have Durant and Harden on my team. Yeah. Now this, this one's tough because I've kind of backed myself into a corner with uh, <laughs> shooting guards. I would really like to take Kevin Martin, but I don't know. Like did Cephalosha play that much at the three? I don't feel like no. Cause Kevin Durant was the three, right? I mean, I probably could, but are you playing 2014 Kevin Durant at the power forward? No, no, no. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to be as historically accurate as I can. Okay. So in that case, I'll leave Tabo at the two. So I still need a point guard. There's no way you're going to take him because you don't want to deal with that chemistry. You don't want to deal with the chemistry issues. (laughs) So I'm going to take 2014 Reggie Jackson. Oh, Okay. I'm not proud of myself for taking him this early, um, but he he was good that season, but he wasn't yeah. great. Uh, he, he only shot 34% from three. I mean, what I remember most from that season is what he did in the playoffs. Um, yeah. He really he really did step up when 
Westbrook went out and he just didn't have enough to help them, you know, make it back to the finals. Um, but you know, he was, he was good that year. I need a starting point guard. So I'm taking 2014 Reggie Jackson. His best game was a win against San Antonio, 27, two and eight with two steals and three threes. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just hate Reggie Jackson with a passion. I do too. There's other players I don't like that I will probably let fall to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to back you into a corner so you have Reggie Jackson and Deion Waiters and Ennis Cantor on your team. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> uh, okay. So I need a center or a power forward at this point for my starting lineup. And I will go with 2013. Nick Collison. Whoa. <laughs> Mr. Thunder. Mr. Thunder. Uh, he was okay, an, wow. an incredible defender. Yeah. Great passer, a great ball mover, a guy that probably should have played more. Looking back at it, the guy should have played more, period. And so he could switch out some. Uh, I really, really like Nick Collison. And I think that he is probably underrated at this point because everyone kind of thinks of him as a role player that is a locker, good locker room guy, but he could really play. And so that's, that's who I'll take as my starting center. All right. And his, uh, his best game was a win at Houston, 12 and 10 with two assists and three steals, you know, just, just workman lock Andrew. Yep. It's not in the box score, man. That's not where you're going to find Nick Collison's impact. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Who would you like next? Oh, man. Let's see. I will take. I'll take Kevin Martin. Okay. I think that's a good selection. 2013 Kevin Martin. Actually had him ranked quite a bit above Nick Collison on my board, but I needed a center. Uh, Kevin Martin was amazing. He came in after that hardened trade and played that role so well coming off the bench. He had his weird uh, elephant trunk shooting motion. It was It's very strange that it just continually went in, but he shot the ball really well that season, 42.6% from three. 14 points, two rebounds, 1.4 assists. He was a really good player. 60% true shooting. He's one of the best shooters in Thunder history, really. Uh, He only played one season for them, but he was really good. He was a steady hand off the bench. And when he had to slide into a starting spot, when Russell went down, it didn't work out so well. But uh, that's that's who I'd go with because I think that you need scoring off the bench, and he's one of the only guys left that can really provide that from the outside. Yeah. I'd forgotten how good that season was. So when I was sorting through all these seasons, his win shares was a lot higher than I thought. Like once you got past the top guys, he was his, that 2013 season was right there. Um, he, he was really good. His best game that year was a win at new Orleans, 27, five and four with six, three pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I get the next two picks. So considering a lot of guys, but just to round out my starting five, I need a power forward. I'm taking 2018 Jeremy Grant. Okay. I like Jeremy Grant. I'm still still a little dubious as to whether he could be like a great starting power forward is, I don't know. Really? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but Uh, I think you are wrong about that. Everybody loves to pencil him in as like the starting power forward for next season. And I'm just like, eh, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really know if that fits next to Adams. Oh, I actually agree with you there. Yeah. I don't love that fit. Although I, I am just recreating that fit. I just realized. Yes. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Jeremy really came on the second half of the season. As we all know, his best game was in March against Atlanta. He went 20 points, five rebounds, one assist, two steals, two blocks, two threes. He had a two, 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 Andrew. Uh, so I, I really like a two, two, two. <laughs> I really like Jeremy Grant. So now my next pick. Oh, 
I think I'm going to take. So I'm deciding mainly between uh, Andre Robertson at this point yes. and Ennis and Ennis Cantor. Ooh. I think I think those are the guys I'm considering. Um, I will go. I'm starting to get worried about my shooting though. Now that I'm looking at my team, <sighs> but so you have 13 uh, Tabo. You got nothing to worry about, man. I guess you're right. Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Ennis Cantor. I want the stash, bros. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. I've almost got. I've almost got you to the trifecta of Reggie, Ennis, and Dion. Or I'm not. I will. I will take Mello before I take Dion. Ooh, Mello's even better as a trio. No, okay. I, I, I won't take Mello. <laughs> I, I would take that back. <laughs> okay, uh, 2017 Ennis Cantor. You may remember him from the Stash Bros. My team's <laughs> going to be so much fun. They're going to give such great interviews. Uh, <laughs> hey, you have you have the old down to dunk intro on your podcast. Oh, that's true. I I still have to take one more guy though. <laughs> to get all the intros this is true <laughs> to get the- i'd have to take mitch mcgarry <laughs> uh so ennis's best game that year win against philly 24 and 11 89 from the field just classic ennis um he's good he was good he was very good he's he's a nice backup big uh, I'm not going to have a ton of scoring coming off my bench, although I could. Ha- I do have Harden there. Ooh, a little some Harden canter pick and roll, something we never saw. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, okay, so now it is your turn. Okay, pick seven for me. I'm looking for uh, bench guys. So you took Jeremy Grant. I'm trying to mark it off on my computer. Uh, I'll go with 2018 pre-injury. Andre Robertson. Interesting. Now tell me why you took 2018 Robertson over 2016 Robertson, which is when he shot like 31% from three point range. And he actually shot like in the 60% from free throw line. Yeah. I, I just feel like last season he had really hit his stride and felt comfortable on the basketball court. I feel like the 31% from three was a complete accident. I'm not even sure he meant to do that. And so I just think that last year he was a really good ball mover. He knew where to be. He was cutting really well. That team was, had really gelled last season and he was on his way to at least a first team all defense, if not defensive player of the year. And so, and I know I've talked to a lot of people that say they would have voted for him had he continued what he was doing. And so I just think that having a guy like that, that can come in off the bench as a defensive stopper who can come in and put the clamps down on Reggie Jackson and make it completely <laughs> ineffective. I just think that having a guy like that is just extremely valuable. And especially if he's just a bench piece at that point, cause he he's like slotted in as a shooting guard, but if he's coming off in off the bench, he could play power forward through shooting guard. So that's what I go with. Well, I'd really prefer if you'd, did not sick him on Reggie Jackson. That that really hurts my feelings. Uh, <laughs> I would not want to have to watch that. So, uh, okay. So mine. So we're. Oh, you have one more pick. Sorry, I have one more pick. So I will go with. Oh boy. I'll go with. I have a lot of wings, so I'm going to go with 2017 Taj Gibson. 2017 Taj Gibson. Yes. He right. he came and played really well for the Thunder and ended up starting. He really was not a great fit next to Adams because he didn't shoot threes, but the guy just does all the little things. And he could even be my starting center, really, if I didn't want to start Nick Rollison right. and have Nick come off the bench uh, just because he, he fits that mold really well as a switchy type defender. Uh, for a big he's super strong and he can score the ball too so he he was good he's a guy that will kind of go under the radar as a thunder player just because he didn't play for okc that long but he was good um so his best game loss at portland 15 and 6 two assists two steals two blocks a two 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 Andrew. Oh, another two 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 man uh okay so now I'm doubting myself about having Jeremy start with Steven Adams. So I'm going to take 
2010 Jeff Green. <laughs> the guy who fixes everyone's problems. Hey, listen here. Jeff Green, uh, he was pretty good that year, which uh, <laughs> it sounds like I don't even believe it. Oh, man. I just took another guy who can't shoot that well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did he like? 31 percent from. Three so he season? shot 33 percent that oh, okay. year. That's better than I thought. He was uh, 15 and six. It actually was a pretty good year for him just overall, uh, <laughs> even outside of basketball. Uh, no, but that, that season, his win share total, I was talking about Kevin Martin earlier. So that season was really good for Jeff Green. He was even higher than Kevin Martin. So he was in like the top six of these best Thunder seasons, which I don't really get that looking at his stats, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his best game was a win against the New Jersey Nets. Oh, Remember them? Yeah. Uh, he had 27 and six with two assists, three steals, one block, three threes, 69% from the field. Whoa. Okay. So now I have another option to power forward. And now for my next pick, and then you will only have two picks left and I'll have one pick left. I'm going to take, I need shooting. I need shooting real bad. I'm taking 2015 Anthony Morrow. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was a really underrated year. I just, I didn't remember how much one, I didn't remember how much he played that year. He played like 25 minutes a game. Um, and he shot 43.4% from three, but I was just surprised. Like he, he averaged 10.7 points that year, which I just don't remember him playing that much. Um, but clearly it was a really good year. His best game. Well, that was the was, year that everyone was hurt and he like had to play a ton. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out how did he get so much playing time? <laughs> how did this happen? Yeah, it's because everyone was hurt. Okay. Uh, so his best game lost to Dallas 32 points, four rebounds, six threes, 69% from the field. <laughs> Whoa, lots of nice numbers out here. Yeah. Okay. So I got a little more shooting. Okay. So now you are taking your final two picks. Okay. Rounding out the roster. Oh, man. This is tough. Okay. I sheesh i will take 2016 dion waiters knew it i knew it i had to he was he was good for the thunder that season uh sure the second half of the year yeah and in the playoffs he played really well his defense is really good so i'll go with dion at that spot uh, he's another ball handler. He can he can kind of slide over to different positions, but I don't really need him to at this point. Um, so yeah, that's who I'll go with there. And then my last pick. There's a lot of gross selections here. I could go with Kendrick Perkins. Uh, I can't go with Mello because he's not going to be the guy on the end of my bench. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I would consider taking Mello maybe. Where I took Kevin Martin, even, or where I took Robertson, or where I took right. Josh Gibson, but the dude just doesn't want to come off the bench, and I have to, I have to consider that because he's not starting for this team. He's not better than fourteen Ibaka, or even I'd rather play two thousand thirteen Nick Collison than him, just because Nick's going to do all the right things. He's going to set some killer screens. Um, so I there's two guys I'm trying to choose between and I'm going to go with 2010 11 Eric Maynard as my backup point guard. I was, I was actually about to take him. Really? Yeah. He's not on our list. He's not on our list, but I was trying because I don't have a backup point guard. I mean, I guess it's Harden, but I was trying to think back what backup point guard could I take and not be embarrassed. Yeah. So Eric Maynard, he played 14 minutes per game that season. He was 38% from three, 40% from two. Not good, but three assists, four points. He was just a steady hand off the bench. He didn't turn the ball over at all. He was just a really solid player before he got hurt. Uh, so during that summer he got hurt and then he never really recovered after that, his career just kind of derailed and he was done in 2014. But 
before his knee injury, he was really, really good as a backup point guard. He was a guy that came in and really was able to complement Russell's kind of frenetic play with a really steady hand. And so I like him. He's good at setting guys up. His, his cross court passes were amazing and he actually shot the ball pretty well that season two from three. So I'll take 2010, 2011, Eric Maynard. Okay, now while I'm making my final selection, get your uh, starting lineup and bench lineups ready. Yes. Uh, So I'm realizing now that my fatal flaw in this exercise was thinking that I had too many shooting guards. Um, I could use another small guard at this point because I have so many big men. So there's no way I'm taking Mello. I can't really take Perk at this point because I already have Adams and Cantor. I mean, I could take him for a good... He'd be a great locker room presence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I could take him for that reason. I, I was very close to taking him for my last pick. Very, very close. Uh, so then it comes down to, do I just take Abrinas? But at that point, rookie Abrinas. But at that point, now I have Abrinas and Anthony Morrow coming off the bench. Yeah, but I need I need something. I can't have my all bench lineup be Cantor and Perk. <laughs> oh, I've really backed myself into a corner. Uh, all right, I'm going with 2017 Alex Abrinas. Okay, I'm going to have a all offense, no defense, all bench unit. Uh, so Alex Abrinas, 2017. He uh, he broke the record, right, for uh, threes by a rookie. Yeah, he did for the season. Yep. Okay, so that's pretty cool. That's something to hang my hat on. <laughs> uh, his best game was uh, 13 points, three rebounds, three assists, three threes. That's a three, 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 Andrew. Wow, we got a uh, three, 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 man. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Dion's best game, which just surprised me that it was this kind of pedestrian, but his best game was a win at Denver, 18, five and four with three threes. Yeah. Which is just like whatever. I wonder what he wa- I wonder if he had a better game the season before. Uh, the year they traded you- the year they traded for him the year that everyone was oh, hurt. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Um, Kendrick Perkins' best game. He had a game in 2013, a win at Phoenix. He shot 89 percent from the field, 17 and nine with three assists, two Whoa. steals, and three blocks. Whoa! Yeah, maybe and I should have uh, taken him. Carmelo's best game was a win at Cleveland, 29 and 10, three assists and three threes. Hmm. Okay, so Andrew, what is your starting lineup? Starting lineup, Russell Westbrook at the point guard, Victor Oladipo, or I'll say the years. 2017, Russell Westbrook, MVP Russ. 2017, Victor Oladipo, the only year they had him. Paul George at 2018, the only year we had him. Then... I have Serge Ibaka at the power forward, 2014 Serge, the crazy three-point shooting Serge. And at center, 2013, Nick Collison, setting my screens, throwing my back doors. Just a great all-around role player. And then your all-bench unit. My all-bench unit. So I have Eric Maynard, 2010-11 Eric Maynard as my... uh, Backup point guard. I've got Kevin Martin, 2013 Kevin Martin, swishing threes. I've got Dion Waiters, 2018 Waiters, at my three. He's small. This is a small bench lineup. And then I have Andre Robertson, 2018, the defensive wizard, as my power forward. And then at center, I have Todd Gibson from 2017. We're a defensive minded okay. group. But we also have Eric Maynard that can work the ball around and Kevin Martin that's going to score, you know, 15 points off the bench. Uh, I, you know, when I was originally, when we were originally preparing this, I couldn't really see a way that whoever didn't, whoever picked second would have a good enough team. But you've, you've done a very good job, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. I, we're going to put our teams up maybe like Thursday night or something after people have had time to listen we'll do like a poll so people can pick who they think would win. I think people, well, they're going to pick yours just cause they hate KD, but I think uh, <laughs> you have like, you have like the hated guys on your roster. KD, I Reggie do. Jackson, Jeff green. <laughs> Why did I do this? Hey, but I have the, I have the Browingtons. 
You do have the Browingtons. That's so true. And the Stash so Bros. Cool. And the Stash Bros. I have all the collabs. That's right. Okay, my starting lineup, 2014, Reggie Jackson. Ugh, 2013, Tabo, starting at the shooting guard. I'm, I'm bringing Harden off the bench. I'm trying to be historically accurate. Uh, 2014 KD. Then I think I'm going to start 2010 Jeff Green with, uh, <laughs> come on, shut up, <laughs> shut up. With, uh, 2018 Steven Adams. And then my bench unit, which is going to have almost zero defense <laughs> is going to be, I'm starting a Brinus at the one. <laughs> I guess you, well, uh, why don't you, why don't you have Harden as your backup well, point? He's a, he's the functional one. He, I mean, okay. obviously Harden is going to be oh, yeah, he has playing to. the yeah. ball handling role, but yeah. Uh, so 2017, Alex Brinus, 2012, James Harden, 2015, Anthony Morrow. Oh God. 2018, Jeremy Grant, the one guy who plays defense and then 2017 and his canter. <laughs> so I have a Brinus, Morrow, Cantor and Harden on my all bench unit. Okay. Against your like Gibson and Robertson unit. Uh, but also and Dion. Yeah. And Dion, but I do on that bench unit have that Harden and Cantor PNR, which is going to be great true that's true that's that's good that i have a good defensive unit for yeah you'll need it i'm gonna need it i've got against my oh we're, we're so switchy except for kevin martin you'll have to target kevin martin my team's switchy in the sense that it doesn't matter who's guarding anyone because they're all bad <laughs> they're, they're gonna switch but not <laughs> not for the reasons you would think <laughs> yeah it's like why not it's not gonna make a difference <laughs> uh i'm trying to look up dion's best game as a thunder player post trade year before. Um, Oh, I, I, it was his last remember. So you may remember this. The last game they played against Minnesota, they needed to win it to make the playoffs. And they needed the Spurs to beat the Pelicans, but the Pelicans ended up winning that game. But that night, Dion waiters had 33 points, two turnovers, a block, three steals, one assist, four rebounds, and he was five of eight from three, 12 of 23 from the field, uh, four of six from the free throw line, hit 33 points that night. So well, that's, that's definitely his best Thunder game. Yeah. And he had several games over 20 points that season for the Thunder. He obviously wasn't incredibly efficient. That's not his calling card, but uh, he had some good games for OKC. Now, before we. Before we uh, end this, were there any other guys that weren't on our list that you had even considered briefly that weren't on the list? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I definitely kept looking at Mello and thinking, man, like he was actually okay for the Thunder. But if you're going to take into consideration that this is the human being, Carmelo Anthony, he right. just can't play for my team. He's not going to start. He's not going to finish games. He's just going to come off the bench. And if I have 2017 Russell and 2018 Paul George, obviously they couldn't convince him to do it last year either. So I don't have, I don't know how that would work. And so I hate to leave him out because I do, I do think that he's probably, he's a better player than Anthony Morrow. He's a better player than Alex Sabrinas. He's a better player than Eric Maynard. But when you're forming a team, and I think that this, kind of plays into the conversation for this next season for the thunder talent means a lot in this league a lot a lot but chemistry is also a huge factor and i'm not saying the chemistry was bad between the thunder last year because it really wasn't the locker room was always very chill it was always a, a good atmosphere but i think there is a huge addition by subtraction that's going to happen with the thunder with Carmelo Anthony, just because of the fact that they felt like they had to let him finish games and that oftentimes, especially in the second half of the season, you thought, man, if they would just let Jeremy Grant play, I feel very confident in this team winning this game. And they just, they did it once and he threw a huge fit about it on the bench. And so I think that Melo, while he was very talented, he his unwillingness to be, a six man makes his career with the thunder a little bit tainted. And I just don't think that 
you can put him on your team because like for you, like you, you're not going to start him at the power forward next to Steven Adams because you'll, he'll just get torched. And the, like, I wasn't going to do that either. And so I think that you have to, we have to consider him as a part of like the best 20 players in Thunder history. Cause I think that he is, but when it comes to chemistry, if you're trying to form like a team to play a basketball game, he just, he just can't be on it. Right. Yeah. I, looking back, I wonder if I should have taken Mello over Jeff Green as my starting power forward. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, maybe so. Maybe. It, I mean, it's kind of a toss up. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can definitely make that case. But I mean, Jeff, all, Jeff Green was a better defender in 2010 than he was than Mello was this past year. So it's hard because we, it's been so long since Jeff Green played for the thunder and so much has happened since then mm-hmm. that it, I think it's pretty easy to forget, you know, that we, we did think, I mean, we liked Jeff green at the time. I think we always knew that he was like a, a secondary piece. You know, he was never going to be to the level yeah. of the top three. Um, but he did have some really nice moments in those first couple of years. I mean, that was only 2010. That was this, his second year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can't, I can't go back now. <laughs> was there anybody else that you would have considered? Ray felt, <laughs> well, I briefly, I mean, split second considered rookie campaign <laughs> when yeah. I really, when I really needed a backup point guard. Uh, I was at that one game when he played the bucks and he like finally got some good playing time and looked amazing. And we were all very excited so, you know, if I could capture that in a bottle, maybe I would have taken him. <laughs> what about Derek but, Fisher? Did you think about I mean, him? again, briefly <laughs> considered it, but I just, I did not like the Derek Fisher era. Yeah. And I don't want to support it in any way <laughs> after the fact. So I, I, I didn't take him. I totally get that. You joked about Mitch McGarry, but he was actually pretty good. His rookie season. He was. For the Thunder. Yeah, when I was looking, th- I looked through his best game, and his best game was actually like pretty legit. You know who's an interesting guy as a backup point guard that you just forget even played for the Thunder? It's Ish Smith. You know what? I did see him. You could also take Bassey. I could yeah. take Bassey. Or Lance Thomas. Yeah. It's kind of interesting too, but he did not shoot threes for the Thunder. Right. And so he wasn't that New York guy. Um, All right. Just hold on just one second. Yeah. Sorry. Are you there? Yeah. No worries. My youngest son had locked himself in the bathroom, and so I had to step away. <laughs> he could not get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we have put out our starting lineups and our all bench lineups. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I would consider in Thunder history that were good like you think about like the perry jones jeremy lamb guys but like they were mostly pretty bad right like hashim the beat was good for a season uh you have karan butler who was actually pretty good in the regular season but really sucked in the playoffs for okc i considered like sean livingston um yeah. nanad i thought about nanad but then i looked at his stats and I, it was whatever <laughs> right yeah uh yeah, I, I think that we pretty much covered everybody. Uh, DeAndre Liggins before he smashed his girlfriend with his Xbox mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. pretty was pretty decent. Uh, but mostly, I think that we covered everybody. If there's somebody that we miss, or there's a, a Thunder player that you really like, Daquan Cook. If you're a big Daquan guy, Nazir Muhammad. Uh, if you're a big Ryan Reed guy, just let us know if there's somebody that we missed that you would have included on your team, on your ten man team, and also look for our tweet. We're going to have a poll on whose team would win. So please look for that vote. And then we'll talk smack to each other next Wednesday. Uh, so thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Al baby cakes. You really do need to follow him. He's great. You can follow me at Andrew K Schlecht. You can follow our show at down to dunk. Continue to leave five star reviews on iTunes it's a huge help to us. It's just a free way to support our show. If you have an iPhone, it's super easy. That purple podcast app, just click on that. 
the search button is in the bottom right hand corner click that and search down to dunk will pop right up just hit five stars it's as simple as that you can do it from your computer as well it just is really helpful to us and it's an easy way to support us uh, you can also support us by going to eat at the press if you live here locally you can tell them that down to dunk sent you there will be some people that know what that means others that may not that's okay either way you'll get a good either a really good response or an awkward response which both are very good so please do that hope you guys have a wonderful day we'll talk to you guys again friday morning cool man i cannot believe what toronto did that's such a good yeah, deal you, for them did you see the pick protection yes one through 20 and then it goes to two seconds that is uh, that's a bad deal for Kawhi leonard well, yeah, but I mean, I, I think they must have that, not had many offers on the table. That must, right? Yeah. 